know, it is a crowded marketplace out there. Amazon has 8 million books, and you have to find a way to make yours stand out. And so if a picture's worth a thousand words, a video's worth about a million. So while the novel, the, the debut novel, was at the editor being edited, and then you have to format it and so forth, there's, there's, a, there's a time process between when you finish the manuscript and when it's actually ready to be uploaded to Amazon. So I had some time. You know, went on the Internet, and I looked at some book trailers, and I was really, to be honest, I was really disappointed because most of them are, uh, you can get one done for three or $400, and it really is, that's about all you're getting. You're getting kind of a slideshow with some, some uh, titling over it, maybe some voiceovers, some music, and that's about it. They're, they're less than inspiring. My character being, you know, an anti-hero, I thought, you know what, this, this could make a great TV series. And so I thought, and what if I did a trailer that basically played like the opening scene to a TV series? Grab a cup of coffee, a notepad, and a pen. Coffee's for closers only. It's time to talk marketing. Stick around, pal. I still got a lot to teach you. Each week, we bring you some of the best marketing conversations with entrepreneurs who are outthinking, outperforming, and out-earning their competition. No frills, no fluff. And now your host, Jonathan Taylor. All right, welcome back to the show this week. I'm your host, Jonathan Taylor. This week, we are talking marketing with authors who have uh, recently uh, written and published some books, and they're going to be sharing some really good takeaways on marketing your book. As I mentioned time and time again, uh, writing a book and getting it published is only the first step of the process. I've written four uh, books in the last five years, and um, you know, I have realized throughout that whole process is that, you know, 10% is writing and getting it out there. 90% of it is getting that book out there and uh, promoting and marketing when it comes after. A lot of authors out there really don't know where to start. I wanted to um, feature a couple of guests this week that can share some takeaways on things that they've done because you really got to think outside the box. Most of your publishing companies, even if you sign on with a pretty uh, decent-sized publishing firm, they're not really going to get out there and uh, hustle to make things happen for you. You know, I don't watch a lot of TV, but one show that really captures my attention is one of the few shows that I even watch, and I never watch live TV, but I, I typically watch it after the fact. Uh, I'll watch a show on Netflix, or I'll watch something if it's a current series. I'll catch it on iTunes or, you know, go to the website, AMC. But that's the um, uh, Better Call Saul. And I love that show because I guess I was a big fan of the uh, the Breaking Bad series that was out. And when that came out, they found out they had a spinoff. And it's a show that's kind of started out a little slow, but I really enjoy some of the acting and it's really good. But one thing I like is the kind of the example of this lawyer, Jimmy McGill. He is a guy that's kind of a street hustler, but he changes his name to uh, Saul Goodman. And the whole series is, this is developing, it's kind of of a prequel to um, to Breaking Bad. But here's a guy, he's a lawyer, He's he's uh, he's been a street hustler most of his life, and then he, uh, he becomes an attorney trying to become more respectable in his brother's eyes. His brother's uh, a well 
a respected attorney, but uh, Jimmy just can't get the uh, the street hustle out of his out of his system. And so, you know, he's an attorney, but he's not the kind of guy that's typically fits in into a law firm. This guy is he's a big fan of showmanship, so he gets out there and promotes himself big time. And he really uses a lot of that street savvy to promote himself an attorney, which is looked down on by this, uh, you know, this law firm. He's worked for it for a brief amount of time, figured out things aren't going to work there. So he has to go back to his natural bin, which is to, you know, promote, uh, wear these loud ties and jackets and uh, get himself on TV, you know, do, do these cheesy commercials, uh, put up these billboards and so forth. And, and so while most of the firms out there are probably looking down, looking down their nose at him, he's out there really doing what he has to do to promote his business and get clients. And that's a good lesson about today's segment, because as an author, you know, most authors don't want to market. They don't want to get out there and uh, hustle and market their book. They want to write a book and they're hoping that uh, they put it on Amazon. People are going to come to it. Well, that doesn't happen. In fact, the uh, the odds are is that most people won't sell more than uh, 300 books, your average author, maybe even less. So there's some lessons to be learned that writing the book's only the beginning of the process. I've learned this, you know, publishing uh, four books uh, previously that, you know, simply writing the book and getting out there, that's just the first step. You've really got to find creative ways to promote your book and get it out there. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Stay tuned. If you are interested or you're about to publish a book, you might want to check this segment out because we're going to be talking about some really good stuff today. All right, welcome back. Today we are talking with uh, Christopher J. Lynch. Christopher is a Los Angeles native who's written a numerous uh, local and national publications. He, as a uh, lover of crime fiction, he's published a number of short stories and is the author of the One-Eyed Jack series uh, about a professional blackmailer who operates in and around the South Bay in Los Angeles area. Uh, we're going to be talking about that book as well as some of the things that um, Chris has been doing to promote this book as a self-published author. The debut of this series was back started back in 2013. He was a uh, Seamus Awards finalist and a 2014 Writer's Digest honorable mention for the uh, fiction genre. And uh, so we're going to be talking about that. Christopher has uh, recently published an unauthorized biography of the iconic child actor Ken Osmond, who otherwise uh, many people know as Eddie Haskell from the TV series Leave it to Beaver. And uh, he'll be sharing about that. So we're going to be talking with him today. Chris, thanks for joining me today and uh, coming on to share some really good takeaways on marketing your book and self-publishing. Well, thank you, Jonathan. It's great to be here. Yeah. Well, before we begin, I've just kind of given a snippet um, based off of what I know. If you would, before we get started, let's talk about you, uh, yourself, uh, as a um, as a writer. Maybe some of the things you did before writing, kind of what got you into writing, and um, share a little bit about your background. I guess you're a native of uh, Los Angeles, the Los Angeles area? That's correct. I was born and raised in the South Bay, and from what I understand, my book is the only one one other of the books that are set in the South Bay area of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. uh, most crime novels or novels in, in general are set either in the downtown Los Angeles area or in the Valley. Mm -hmm. And when I was uh, thinking about, well, where am I going to, you know, where am I going to set this this uh, this book series up? And I thought, you know what? Does the South Bay deserve crime? You're darn right we do. <laughs> at least in, book at least in uh, crime novels. So 
So I decided to just do it on my home turf, and it's been a blast. Well, it's it probably helps because you're familiar with the area, and that helps as a writer. I guess when you're writing out a uh, a story, is understanding uh, different areas that um, or regions that you're very familiar with. Yeah, and what I also do is uh, I'll have my character maybe frequenting a restaurant mm-hmm. or a bar or something that I'm familiar with, and I'll go to the owners and I'll explain what I'm doing and I'll get permission. Yeah. And so a lot of the people that read the books that are from the South Bay area, mm-hmm. they, they absolutely love it. They said, oh, yeah, I went over here to the Good Stuff restaurant, and that's where Jack goes, and I went here, and, oh, you described it perfectly. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun and probably the funnest thing to do, although I don't speed or anything, but is to uh, – choreograph car chases uh-huh oh wow so i'll drive around and i'll say okay then he turns here then he turns there so it's it's just a lot of fun and you know what writing is a lot of hard work yeah but it's a lot of fun and you better be having fun absolutely it is a lot of work uh, so tell us about yourself how long have you been writing and uh, when did you first get your start in writing and um uh, give us a little background on yourself yeah i uh i've been writing for about 30 years but I like to tell people I didn't discover writing until about eight years ago. And the reason for that is that I was trying to write to what I thought the market would buy, what yeah. was popular. Right. And then I worked with a guy, and he had written a small article in the paper about a, a local baseball coach that he was just really you know, excited about. And it got published, and I couldn't even get published, even in the paper. And I realized at that moment that the reason he got published and I wasn't getting any traction was because he's passionate about what he was writing about. Uh, yeah. And that became the epiphany for me. And I, I like to tell people, you know what? Passion ends up on the page. Yeah. And if you're not interested in what you're writing, your readers aren't going to be interested. So that was my change. And that very same year, I sold five articles. Wow. After not selling anything for, for over 20 years, I sold five. And so that was kind of put me on the path, Mm -hmm. and I just kept, I started writing articles and short stories, and then I finally, uh, I'd always wanted to write uh, a crime novel, and actually it started as a short story. I always wanted to write a story where the blackmailer was the main character, instead of just a, you know, most of the time a blackmailer in a crime novel is like a secondary character, he kind of pops in and out of the shadows. Sure. And I thought, well, what would it be like if he was the main character? And he kind of had a, a bit of a soft spot to him. And so I developed essentially an entire business model of how he operates. And I put this into the short story. And then, like most writers, I fell in love with my character. Short story became a novel. Novel became a series. And now it's optioned and it's in pre-production to become a movie. That's fantastic. Wow, don't yeah. you love seeing that, the uh, what uh, the outworkings of that? You start with a uh, just a short story to a series, and now it, it's in Hollywood production. Uh, we were just talking. We were talking before the uh, before the show. Just some uh, some potential actors, and you had a, a list of people that would be ideal for uh, for that character, uh, One Eyed Jack. Uh, tell us a little bit about kind of the premise of this story. And uh, what it's based on, I mean, you kind of went over it, covered it a little bit. Uh, who is One-Eyed Jack? And tell us a little bit about the character and, um, and his profession as a blackmailer. How, did, how does this develop throughout the, uh, throughout the book? And what's the main, uh, I guess, what's the main story? Well, the main story is uh, he is, he's, he's a blackmailer. And he kind of got into it uh, basically 
because he got burned in a business deal. Mm -hmm. And he tried going through the courts and so forth and basically found that the system had failed him. But the one thing he knew about his partner that burned him is he knew his partner had a dirty little secret. And so he extorted his partner into paying him the money that was owed. And he realized at that point that it was a lot easier to do that sort of work than it was to try to run a small business. Mm -hmm. And how he got the moniker One-Eyed Jack is because he actually lost his eye because he accidentally tried to blackmail the wrong guy who was a plastic surgeon who was cheating on his wife, but who also was doing some identity-altering uh, plastic surgery on a Russian uh, mob mobster who was on the, on the run. Mm-hmm. And the mobster got wind of it, and uh, the next thing you know, Jack is being operated on, and he winds up in the hills of Los Angeles, minus one eye. Did a job on him, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the original, the working title of the short story was called The Squeeze, uh-huh. And then when he lost his eye, I thought, well, his name is John. John yeah. Jack is another, you know, nickname for John. Right. Jack, one-eyed Jack. Yeah. So that's how he got the moniker, and and uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a great relationship, you know, between Jack and I. Now, how long? We, uh, this is a series. So how many how many books have been in the series so far? There's three full-length novels, mm-hmm. and there's the short story. Okay. The short story came out in about 2009, I believe, and okay. the first novel, the debut novel, was published in 2012, and it immediately became a finalist for the Seamus Award. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the following year, it was uh, a Writer's Digest honorable mention. Wow. So those were... Those were some, you know, great accolades, especially for, you know, I'm, an, I'm a self-published author. Yeah. So to be a self-published author in your debut novel right out of the chute, you, you know, you're nominated for awards. You know, there's, and there's three things I think most writers would agree that would be the holy grail of writing. One would be the Pulitzer Prize. Yeah. Second would be New York Times bestseller list. But the third is to see your book made into a movie. Yeah. Those are kind of like the you know, the, the prize. Yeah, that's like the so, crescendo is is getting, it's seeing your book in film format. I mean, that's pretty, uh, that that's monumental right there. It is, it is. And I'm really excited. We've got a, a really good uh, script writer who's going to adapt it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really gets it, which, you know, you really have to have people that kind of get it. And we've actually gone through several script writers who mm-hmm. just kind of were just going through the motions. And yeah. so now we've got a person who, Funny enough, his name is Jack, and uh, he is just hot to trot on this on this project. So we're really excited. Fantastic. Well, let's back up. Let's talk about some of the things because you're you being a self published author. Obviously, you're you know you're responsible for getting you know marketing this book and, and getting it and promoting it and getting it out there, getting the attention of people in the media. And mm-hmm. we're going to talk about one of the things you've done was this creating a um, a book trailer for it, which I think is fascinating. Mm-hmm. But I want to back up real quick before we get into the marketing aspect. I think you nailed on one thing that's super important, and I, I really am glad that you said that, is that you got to focus on something that you're truly interested in because obviously it's going to come out in your writing 
if you're not writing about something that you're truly, uh, you know, if you, I think so often people, you know, authors go after, okay, what's hot right now? You know, what do I need to write? And so they're looking for, uh, what's the best seller on Amazon? What, you know, what, what series are the best sellers? And they try to emulate that and, uh, they fail because it's not, it's not part of who they are. And, um, and I think that's a great tip. that, That extends to basically everything when you're an entrepreneur, it's like, you know, you need to be passionate about it because you're going to be spending a lot of time and a lot of energy and yeah. making a lot of sacrifices. So you better really love, you know, that landscaping business that you're doing yeah. or whatever it is. Right. It's like you have to love it. And when you do, it doesn't really seem like work right. to you because you you love it. Mm-hmm. If you're just going after money. You know, you really should just probably just have a day job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So tell us, tell us about the. Uh, when did you get the idea? Was it uh, after the short story, or was it during the series of this book that you got the idea to really start producing these, you know, these book trailers about the book, and uh, kind of give us a little uh, background on that. What kind of led you into that, and how'd you get started? Yeah, uh, well, first of all, you know, it is a crowded marketplace out there. Amazon has 8 million books, and you have to find a way to make yours stand out. And, you know, I knew that a picture is worth a thousand words. So if a picture is worth a thousand words, a video is worth about a million. So while the novel, the, the debut novel, was at the editor being edited, and then you have to format it and so forth, there's, there's, a, there's a time process between when you finish the manuscript and when it's actually ready to be uploaded to Amazon. So I had some time, and I thought, well, you know what? I want to do a trailer. So I just, you know, went on the Internet, and I looked at some book trailers, and I was really, to be honest, I was really disappointed because most of them are, uh, you can get one done for three or $400, and it really is, that's about all you're getting. You're getting kind of a slideshow with some, some uh, titling over it, maybe some voiceover, some music. And that's about it. They're, they're less than inspiring. Mm-hmm. And with my character being, you know, an anti-hero, I thought, you know what, this, this could make a great TV series. Yeah. And so I thought, and what if I did a trailer that basically played like the opening scene to a TV series? And so yeah. <clears throat> I went ahead and started poking around and Next thing you know, I found a guy who was a cinematographer who was really good, and it just kind of started snowballing on me. And what I did was I wrote the script, uh, I directed it, and I knew that my opening scene from the novel would make for a great kind of like high-level introduction of my character, what he does, who he is, how he operates. And so I just kind of took that, and it's easy as a writer because... You're always seeing your scenes as like the theater of the mind anyway. So all I had to do was kind of take that first chapter and adapt it to a bunch of shots and, and so forth. And the next thing you know, I'm out and I'm, I'm getting a million-dollar liability insurance policy. I'm renting a location. I'm auditioning actors. And by the way, the location in the uh, trailer, if people look at it, they may they may think it's familiar to them and it's used in lots and lots of movies and it's located up uh in la crescenta which is just above los angeles and it was used in the uh, tv show uh true blood (laughs) and it's used for a lot of like slasher films and so forth so you know we found that location and like i said i auditioned actors which you know never in a million years would i think you know one of these days i'd be auditioning actors 
And it was just a lot of fun to do. It took about two days to film it and uh, cost me about $2,000, which is about, you know, five times as much as the average trailer. But what that trailer has done for me is not only increase my book sales because people watch it and now it's 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 better than reading the blurb on the back of a book yeah they see it and they're like oh wow this really sounds like something interesting yeah so it not only increased my book sales it was kind of a a symbiotic sort of thing uh it also helped me you know get this movie deal because rather than pitching a story like i said pictures worth a thousand words you show somebody a video and they can say, aha, I see the potential in this. Right. You know, I, so, it's funny that you spent, you know, $2,000, if you watch this, and we're going to post this video on our um, our show page for this week, but the uh, the cinematography on this is, is, is really high quality. I mean, yeah, I would have guessed probably more than more than two grand for a video of this caliber. I mean, even though it's, it's like, a, what is it, about two minutes clip? Yeah, it's about two minutes long. And uh, it took two days to film and cost two thousand so. dollars. And and you said what was interesting is uh, you said earlier that you did the voiceover for this, which was I thought, man, that's really good. I mean, and you just used just some simple recording gear to uh, to record the voiceover for the video. Yeah, I, I literally sat down early in the morning, you know, before I having my coffee and before I even talked to anybody. And so my voice was pretty gravelly. Oh yeah. And I just, <laughs> uh, I was just sitting there in the dark and I, I just thought, well, let me just, let me just practice this. Yeah. And so I said the lines I had written, mm-hmm. uh, and then I played it back and I thought, you know, that's not too bad. And so I sent it off to the cinematographer who had actually been trying to impress upon me that I should get, I should hire a voiceover actor and then he heard it, and he said, you know, he goes, don't worry about a voiceover. He goes, this is perfect. He said, this is exactly what we need. So I did it in one take. Wow. Was, That's amazing. Which was really awesome. I was just kind of I was just kind of goofing off. Right. But, you know, it, again, it's, you know, it's not hard uh, to do these things when you're passionate. Absolutely. And also, you know, as a, as a writer, you develop a character, and that character is kind of like your best friend forever. I mean, you're, you're tight with that person. <laughs> you know him so, inside now. You know everything about him. Yeah, so it's it's just it's just been a lot of fun, yeah. and the uh, woman who acted in it, uh, Kate Stewart, is is a great actress. She's also the jazz singer that you hear the background music on that plays in mm-hmm. the beginning. So she's a jazz singer. So we used uh, we used one of her songs that she she had sung. So that is incredible. It's a, yeah. it's amazing, but the production values. I mean, it's just it's a, it it looks really well done i'm sure you've gotten a great return on your investment from putting that out there and garnering uh attention to this book because that's kind of a, what i call an evergreen type video that that's going to be up on youtube for ages and ages and really you know directing people back to this story and this exactly. series and so you know and you're doing a series on this so it's not like a one one and done you've got i'm, I'm sure you've planned probably continuation of this uh, series down the road of this character mm-hmm. because you know once people start reading it and become very familiar with him they want to continue along the journey of, of following his life and and some of his struggles and some of his uh you know some of the ups and downs that this character has uh has had oh yeah i'm working on the fourth novel right now and interestingly enough, I have a lot of fans that constantly are 
pestering me, when's the next Jack novel coming out? <laughs> and one of them is Eddie Haskell himself. Wow, okay. <laughs> huge, huge fan. As a matter of fact, that's what uh, sealed the deal for me writing his biography. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I... I saw that uh, he didn't have a biography, and I, you know, the, and the other character, one of the other characters on the show, had died, and he had written a biography. And I thought, wow, nothing on Eddie Haskell. So, I put together a pitch letter. I signed a copy of One Eyed Jack, and I mm-hmm. sent it to him. And I pretty much forgot about it. Yeah. And about a month and a half later, I get a phone call, and he said, uh, "Yeah, Chris, this is Ken Osman, and uh, hey, he said I'm really loving your book, One Eyed Jack, and <laughs> I usually don't read novels, so." Uh, yeah, let's get together and have a beer and talk about your writing my life story. Yeah. And so I tell people, needless to say, I was thrilled because, why? Because I'm drinking with Eddie Haskell. <laughs> and so, yeah. <laughs> so that that kind of did it, and Ken's read every book, and he uh, he actually will finish one and get on the phone and call me and bug me for another one. So <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. You like those kind of fans, especially uh, of that caliber. That's, that's fantastic. So yeah. that's uh, – so – as far as a uh, um, moving forward with the uh, the Hollywood process of of turning this into film, what is that process like? Is that kind of a uh, you know down the road? Uh, you know they're uh, you know bringing obviously the uh, the actors in for you know the particular um, characters on the book. So I mean, what what is what is the process of that, and how long does something like that typically take before it goes from from book to film? Uh, it can take, I mean, the, uh, the movie Dallas Buyers Club took 20 years. Oh yeah. Wow. Uh, but I, and they say the average is five years, but I think this is, uh, we, at this point, everything revolves around getting the script. Yeah. And so once you get the script, you get the money Mm -hmm. and then parallel path to that is your talent. And what's interesting is about I didn't realize this. Fifty percent of the budget of a movie typically goes to the actor. Oh, so wow. you've got a, a yeah, five million dollar film. That means you're getting about a two and a half million dollar actor. So uh, and everybody else just kind of picks up you know whatever crumbs they can. Yeah. But uh, it's once you start getting people attached to it, then everything really starts ramping up. Right. And so I you know. Uh, I mentioned about the four actors that were were mentioned. You know, John Travolta, John Cusack, mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon, and Nick, Nicholas Cage. And once one of those guys gets attached to it, you know, it starts really kind of growing some legs and moving. Sure. And depending on now, now those are four guys that they said were in the the budget range of the movie. But now, if all of a sudden, say someone like a Kevin Spacey or Edward Norton were to hear about it and say, I want to do that. Yeah. Well, now the price goes up, but also the budget of the film, the money will kind of come, right. we'll, we'll chase after that. Right. So it, it's kind of this real kind of herding cats sort of thing. You're trying to get the talent on board, you're trying to get the money, and then yeah. this guy and that guy. And uh, it's, a, it's a slow process, it's a complicated process. Mm-hmm. And the the head producer, he's he's a real deal maker, and that's what it takes. Yeah. And so that's where we're at at this point. Like I said, we've got a great scriptwriter who's really excited about it. And one thing that's really interesting is that I might actually be involved to a certain extent with the script, which is oh, extremely rare yeah. for the novelist to be involved. Oh, right. That pretty much. 
give you your money and tell you to go off. <laughs> yeah, it's like, thank you very much. We got the rights, and we're going to change every uh, what we want to yeah. around, and, and uh, you have no say-so whatsoever. Yeah, and we'll call you when it's the premier party so you can <laughs> right. get your tux on yeah. time. That's about it. You know, you know, a lot of people have said, well, are, what if they want to change it? What if they want to do this? You know, it's like selling your house, and you can't tell people, I'm going to sell you my house, but you can't change the color. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I, I you, you sign away your rights. Right. That's what you're doing. Yep. And, which is fine. Yep. I, I trust, you know, and if you don't trust the filmmakers, then don't sign away your exactly. rights. Go with somebody else. So let's talk about the, uh, I'm, I'm interested in this book. Uh, when you produced this book trailer, you had to interview, obviously, some uh, some talent for the, for the acting. What was the process, given the fact that, you know, you come from a writing standpoint, so you're evaluating the right people for this how many people did you have that applied and and uh, came forward and you had to interview and and what was the process like for that well i you know uh, kate stewart the actress who plays in there who's also the jazz singer she helped me a lot with the process so yeah. she got me started uh you go to like uh there's some websites one's called castingnetworks.com mm-hmm. and actors uh subscribe to it so at this point, I was putting myself in the role of producer. So I'm producing this. And so I just put out an ad, and I said, looking for a male, you know, between, say, 45 and 55 years old, uh, you know, kind of give a general description yeah. and so forth. And then you'll just get essentially flooded with all sorts of people applying yeah. for it. Right. And then you winnow it down to the ones that you – you know, based upon their headshots and maybe some of their what's called real, which is their videos, you winnow it down and then you say, okay, I'd like you to show up for an audition. And it was a very simple sort mm-hmm. of scene. All they have to, the guy has to do is get out of the car. Mm-hmm. He kind of gives a leering glance at the woman who's parked in the car and then goes inside. But I wanted to see that kind of cockiness. So we actually did the audition uh, at a parking lot where they had to practice. I basically had them run through the scene. Right. And what really helped save the production cost was the fact that we didn't have any live audio. Right. Because that's the killer with you. You've got all kinds of, uh, you know, you're trying to set up microphones or you're trying to filter out traffic noise and so forth and so on. You know, you've got a, a leaf blower that somebody's operating. <laughs> and so, yeah. That's right. And so so you... here's, an, here's an interesting thing. There are people that actually go around in L.A. Because we have lots of movies and yeah. and indie films and commercial shot here. Yeah. There are people that will go around with a leaf blower. They'll see something being shot. They'll huh. start up the leaf blower and then start pretending like they're cleaning up leaves. And then the they'll stop production. They'll come over and go, hey, can you shut that off? And they go, hey. This is my job, you know. Uh, if you want to pay me a hundred dollars, you're kidding. You know, <laughs> no, they'll they'll extort. So, you know, ironic. I write about a an extortionist, and here's these people that drive around L.A. Mm-hmm. extorting movie uh, people. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, so that really saved a lot because we just went with the the music and the voiceover with my voice. So it was. Uh, there's a lot of things, you know, this thing could have been $10,000. Oh, easily. Know? Yeah. It, and that's a good point because you got to have all the, uh, the sound is a big part of that process because if you are recording live sound, you got to have all the, uh, you know, the boom mics and it's got to be, you know, everybody that's extra people holding the, those, uh, boom mics right next to the uh, actor and all of that stuff. So there's an added, there's an added expense there. Whereas you just were able to, um, 
not worry about background noise and and have that that uh, voiceover going the whole time. Right, right. Well, let's talk about uh, once you got the video produced. What are some? Uh, obviously, it's a, you you can find it on YouTube. But what are some ways that you were able to get the video out? To kind of get some garner some attention from it, um, and uh, kind of get you know get people talking about it and get people back to um, build some interest in the book. What are some ways that you use to promote the video once you had it ready to go? Well, I used social media. I used uh, Facebook, and then I already had a website that I promoted it on on my website, and uh, and then one of the most, uh, and then I put it actually, and I I, t- I give a lot of free self-publishing seminars. I like right. to help out other authors. Oh, very cool. And one and one of the things I tell people to do is I said, you know, one of the cheapest, it's it's free. One of the easiest things you can do to promote yourself is at the bottom of your email signature, put in the link to your website, the link to your book, and put author up. And so I was doing that with the video, where I said, if you click here and you know want to see the One Eye Jack video trailer, and it's, it's interesting because virtually everybody you're sending an email to now, you're telling them about that trailer. Right. And it doesn't cost anything on your, in your email account to do this. So that's, that, to me, was a no-brainer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But one of the most interesting uh, ways I marketed it was I used a QR code. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with those? Yeah, absolutely. You just scan it with your phone, and it takes you or your, uh, um, your, any kind of device, and it takes you right to the website or a website that you want people to go to. Exactly. So what I did was I put the I got a QR code which are free. Yeah. And I had that QR code linked to the YouTube video. Mm. And so I and I put that that QR code is on the back uh, cover of all of my books. Right. Because the way people buy a book is they look at the front cover. Yep. They flip it over and they read the back cover to read the blurb and maybe something about the author. And then at the bottom, there's the QR code. And I've had people actually tell me, yeah, I was in a bookstore, I saw your book, and I took my phone out and I watched the video, and then that sealed the deal. <laughs> That's they awesome. The That's a great idea. They just flip it over, yeah. scan it with their phone, and then they're watching the uh, the trailer, and that that's, uh, that's, pretty, that's a pretty good closer right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... It, like I said, it kind of seals the deal for Yeah. Them. Once this video is available, did you use any uh, PR, online PR, uh, to get some media uh, attention or get some interviews or anything like that? Uh, I didn't use, uh, you know, the PR, mm-hmm. you know, route or anything like that. Right. But, um, a lot of my PR actually comes from, I do a lot of uh, author events, in-face events. I see. Okay. And, and uh, which is something that... A lot of writers need to understand is that writing can be a solitary process. Yeah, you know, it definitely is. But, but you know what? Promoting your book is far from it. You need to get out there and you need to meet people. Yeah, readers love to meet writers. Right. There's, you know, we have this mystique about us that you know, oh, you're a writer, and you know, it's like it's some sort of clairvoyant <laughs> talent or something like that. And people love that. Yeah. And so what has happened is. I, I will do an event, and then the people there at the event they will they will maybe uh, they'll read about me before they go, and then they'll they'll go see the trailer, they buy a book, uh, talk to me, and usually what's happened is it's not unusual for me to do one author event, and out of that author event get two more events booked, because somebody will be in the audience and say, 
you know, I, I work for such and such, and we would love to have you come and talk to our group. Mm-hmm. Can, can we have you do that? And I, I'd say, sure. So I'm constantly busy. If you go to my website and look at uh, past events, uh, I, probably, I probably did 20, 25 uh, in-person offer events last year, which is huge. That, that is huge. Wow. And, and I love doing them. I'm a, I'm a people person. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of writers who aren't people pe- people persons. Yep, you nailed but it. You really have to be, and you really have to engage with your with your writers. And mm-hmm. I mean, they're your fan. And one of the things that I've learned from doing author events is that you you have to be an interesting, entertaining person. Yes. Because when people are buying your book at the end of the event, they're actually buying you. Right. They're buying a little piece of you. And so you you they think you're funny or interesting or or, or <laughs> you know, exciting or whatever. And they're gonna think, you know what, I bet you his book is too. Absolutely. It all starts with you. Unfortunately, a lot of, you know, self-published authors, they think, you know, they just put the book out there and they don't really have to get out there and, and do any hustle on their part to, mm-hmm. to meet people. Like you said, you got you do have to be a people person, but you do have to get out and meet people. You have to get on interviews and you have to um, do things that are kind of outside of your, a lot of people's comfort zone. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that they feel like they, you know, their job is simply to write the book and just that be it but that's uh that's just the start of it right the easiest part about <laughs> writing a book is writing the right book. <laughs> promoting the book is going to take all all of your time mm-hmm. and you could say well but if i become a best-selling author i don't have to do that guess what i've been to author events with sue grafton yep. james patterson right they still do author events sure and you would think that, wow, they could just buy an island and just sit there with a drink with an umbrella in it yeah. for the rest of their life. And it's like, no, they're out there. So, and, and part of it is, I think, a bit of an obligation yeah. that, you know, these are people that have bought every book you've ever written. Mm-hmm. They, you know, you kind of, in some way, you do kind of owe it to your fans to, you know, to... To, to show that you care about absolutely. them by showing up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. They they don't. It's not that they necessarily have to, but they they feel like, you know what? If they want to keep their audience engaged and you know develop those lifelong fans, they really do have mm-hmm. to get out there and talk to their fans and and uh, and, and do book events and things like that. So. Uh, I think that's a great point. And, uh, man, I really love your story. I, I think um, I really wish you the best of uh, success with the, um, as the, you know, continued success with the book. And then uh, I look forward to uh, one of these days seeing the, uh, seeing the movie on this. And uh, I really appreciate your time today sharing some really good takeaways. And um, I noticed you're kind of an active person, too. You like to get out and do a little uh, uh, mountain climbing, and, and I, I'm kind of the same way. I love to do rock climbing and get out and do backpacking and so forth. So I, I, I like the fact that you are you like to get out when you can and, and get out and enjoy life and enjoy the uh, in nature and get out and do some things and not just stay behind a computer all the time. Oh, yeah, I, I go crazy. <laughs> and I just, uh, three weeks ago, I was just in Cuba. Mm-hmm. I did a biking trip down in Cuba. Oh wow! So, yeah, so it was, uh, you know, it was a great trip. And, well, you got to uh, stay in shape if you're going to be, you know, if you're the if you're the lead guy in these book trailers, man. You got to stay in shape for that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Well, Chris, man, it's been a pleasure having you on. Do you, do you go by Chris or Christopher? I want to make sure. Uh, Christopher, and actually, if people want to look me up, it's Christopher J. Lynch. Okay. All right. Is is uh, is the name I go by? Yep. Which is, uh, by the way, when it, uh, for the people out there, when it comes to branding, mm-hmm. one of the things you always want to do is you you are creating as an author, you're creating yourself as a brand, yes. and that brand has to be consistent. Right. So you. I always go by Christopher J. Lynch. I don't right. go by Chris Lynch on some, yeah. by C.J. Lynch yeah. on some. You have to stay consistent. Absolutely. That's why I asked because I, I noticed, well, I emailed you Chris, and then I said, well, I see Christopher on most things, which a lot of people shorten it, but it's different when your brand is yourself. You know, you're, uh, you as the author, your brand is you, and people know you by Christopher, and you got to keep that pretty consistent in everything that you do. Again, I want to mention that website one more time, and that is ChristopherJLynch.com, correct? That's correct. That's okay. correct. And people, yeah, is that you. the best place that people can get a hold of your book if they want to order directly from your website, or is it or should they go to Amazon, or how can they uh, find they it? Can go to, they can go straight to Amazon, but uh, I, would, I would really enjoy it if they went to my website. They can read some of the other articles sure. that we talked about. As well as uh, I just did a whole blog series about my trip to Cuba, right. including pictures and videos. So if anybody wants to uh, go to Cuba, uh, all they have to do is go to my website and, and check out the blog. Fantastic. And we'll be putting a link on our site uh, once this is published as well as a, uh, we'll be putting the, uh, your book trailer on our uh, show page as well because I think people will find that very interesting. Well, I appreciate it, Jonathan. I appreciate uh, your time and Absolutely. the time of your listeners. Thank you very much, Chris and I, look, Christopher, and I look forward to uh, staying in touch and getting this out to our uh, listeners. And um, and I'll be sending it again. I'll be sending it over to you tomorrow uh, once it's live. And uh, just appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. Sure thing. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye.